Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. We have Nikki Orstrander today with us today. And I know I probably just butchered her last night. We just had this conversation. But she and I are friends. We've been friends maybe two years now. Nikki, is that about it? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's really funny because um, the way I met Nikki, and I want to make sure I bring this out now, is because we were at a conference. Um, I think it was a better agency conference. And we were in the women's room and there were like, I don't know, five women in the whole like women's restroom or whatever. And I was talking to somebody and Nikki was like, I know that voice. <laughs> and you had heard me on the podcast. And I'm so excited now to be able to have you on because I have loved getting to know you, Nikki. Um, Nikki, for everybody out there, is an amazing, amazing ag- agency owner who is blowing and going and making great moves out there in the industry. And we're going to talk to her today about what that looks like for her, what her triumphs have been, what her challenges have been, and how she's gotten where she is. So Nikki, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you, Teresa. I'm so excited. And truth be told, in that bathroom, I was a little bit fangirling because the first episode (laughs) I heard was um, with your kids about how they grew up in an agency and that's kind of where I started. I, I grew up, my mom was in the industry. And so I, uh, ever since that podcast, I've always looked up to you because I just can relate. And I think you're amazing. So, oh, yeah. well, you're so sweet. It's probably one of my, you know, one of my, my favorite ones too, you know, for lots of different reasons, obviously, but you know, just the, the concept of, I think there are so many women who raise their children in their jobs or in their industry more than men. I think men, you know, the kids are at home, you know, maybe they, they pay for daycare, whatever, but women are all like, Oh no, that's fine. I can do both. And so what do we do? You know, we, we bring our kids with us and they grow up underneath our desks and underneath our feet and they have to wait for whatever. And, you know, and I always say that we had snakes and gerbils and, and all sorts of animals in the back room. And we would step on Legos when we went to the restroom in the back room. And, you know, and I love the fact that my kids grew up with that, but I love too, that that is still out there that women are doing both because there's such a, a lifestyle, I think in insurance where we are, you know, so, especially as women, we're so like integral in the concept of that our life is our business, our business is our life. And we're bringing the kids along. I think it's such a fun way to do it. So tell me how you got started. Cause I love the fact that you're a multi-generational family like that. Yeah. So, um, uh, my mom was at a different agency and I really wanted to just take over her book of business because I loved as a kid being able to have my mom at all of the things, like if she needed yeah. to come was there every day when I got off the bus, she could take off and, you know, she had the flexibility, but she also was able to make the money too to support us. And yep. I saw that I wanted to be both. I wanted to be a successful woman, entrepreneur, you know, in sales and make the salary that I wanted to make. And I also wanted to be a mom. And, um, I did grow up underneath my mom's desk, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I would go in there and honestly, um, it was a family ran agency and they were like family to me and I knew all of them and it was, that's where, that's where I grew up. 
but when it came time for the baton to be passed down to me, um, the family, it was no longer a family agency. It got bought out. Yeah. So things, so things have changed and, um, they didn't really want that kind of employee there. And so I, um, I started my own agency and we, my mom moved her book of business over and in 2011, and we just, we just ran like, we had no idea what we were doing. My mom was a producer. She never ran an agency. She didn't know about downloads or agency yeah. management systems, except for that they had one and she used it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so we just hit the ground running and just kept going. Um, tell me I can't and watch me do it, you know, kind yep. of added. And we spent a couple of years, literally agent of record lettering every single policy that we moved over. It was not just a, you know, cut and move it. It was, everything was hand was touched. And, um, we have a very, she had very long-term following of customers and everybody was super excited that mom and daughter thing. Um, we did that for, we did that for a really, really long time. And it worked out really great. My mom is a huge asset. Um, she's been in the industry for over 40 years. She started from the bottom and moved her way up. And, you know, from, she was an underwriter. She did all sorts of things. She did ENS. And then she decided, I think I'm going to be an agent when she had me. And so wow, took that and started running with it. I love it. I love it. And you were able to really capitalize, I think, on so much of that knowledge and so much of that wisdom and so much of that understanding. Did you, did you have, how was it working with your mom? Cause I know, and I'm, I'm pretty verbal on this, that, um, working with family has, um, I'm not going to say been destroyed my family because it definitely hasn't destroyed it. It's made it really, really great in a lot of ways, but it's definitely been a challenge and it's definitely changed our relationship in a lot of ways. And, um, it's it for me, it's been emotionally challenging. It's been very, very emotionally challenging more than I think that I was expecting it to be. Um, how have you been able to work with that? Because especially as ownership and coming in her book, you know, you guys going out, you taking all that from where you grew up with watching her and then also being a force of your own. How has that dynamic really come about for y'all? So honestly, I'm really lucky because I don't have a mom who, uh, is invasive and we have a relationship where we can just look at each other and call a spade a spade and then get over it because can't sugarcoat it and business is business. And, um, we just respect each other. If you keep in mind all the time, like, and this is what I do with everybody. I think about you, you think about and what's best for us. And if it's best for us, then that's what we do. Um, and honestly, my mom's a true mother. Like she has given and given up so much. And, um, I don't think, I think if my mother was not so selfless, that maybe it would have been a problem, you know, but she's just, she's the most selfless person I've ever met. Like she just, she constantly pours into me. I am her pride and joy. And she has built me up to be the amazing woman that I am. I love so, that. And I think mutual respect is a huge thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I respect her. She respects me. She has a great reputation. People think very highly of her. I need to continue that legacy. It is a legacy that I want 
that I, I honor her by continuing and building and growing. And I think if you just feel respect and that's the key. And I think that's one thing that sometimes I think owners kind of forget is that respect piece, right? Like we think, oh, things have to be the way we want it. Or even when we're in a partnership, right? People are like, oh, they get very attached to their own ideas and their own visions, right? And I think unless, when we lose our ability to listen, when we lose our ability to have that communication, I think that no matter if it's a business partner that we worked with for 10 years, we decided to go on out and do something together, right? If it's a if it's an owner to a, to a team member type situation, when we lose respect, I think that's kind of the end of a, of a relationship. There's a, do you ever watch the crown on Netflix? Have you ever seen that, that TV show? Mm, no. Okay. So there's this section in there. It's a whole princess Charles Diana thing. Right. And the queen mother, the queen mother who is, um, you know, Queen Elizabeth, she tells Charles, she says, she says, if you two lose respect for each other, then there's no coming back from that. And if you think about, especially if you think about royal families, blah, 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 there's all sorts of drama and chaos, right? So, but what makes people figure out a way to work together, be together, stick together? And I think a lot of it's respect. We can, if we kill the respect between us and another person, then they don't want to work for us. They don't want to work with us. They don't want to work around us. And whether or not it's a parental or a team member, I think you hit the nail on the head about, being very, very respectful and and cultivating that legacy of respect. And I think that's awesome. And I think what a great, what a great message for her to pass on to you. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, and as time went on, she knew she's no longer in the agency every day. Um, and she knew, she just knew it was time to go. And she knew that I was ready to do this on my own. And so she, now she just comes in whenever or helps out whenever I ask her to, and whenever I need help and she's always a phone call away and she's a true good mom. That's awesome. And she's passed along that gauntlet. I love it. I love it. And I love, I love the idea of a strong woman who found her own space who, who cultivated her own space, passing along that gift to you. And I, I think that's what we want to do in the podcast, right? Is we want to pass along the knowledge and the wisdom to other women, no matter where they are in their process and encourage them and be able to, um, you know, cultivate that legacy of, of, of growth and the industry, I think is awesome. So, so she's also part of your family. Tell us about your family. Cause one of the things I love about you is that you're not one of these old crotchety women or men out there you know, you are young, hip and happening and you are awesome and you are amazing. And I just love your husband and you guys have such great ideas. You're embracing technology and the agency of the future. So tell me about your family and how that's fitting into the agency that you guys are building moving forward. So when I started my agency, I swore all men and I said, no, I am done focusing on me, girl power, do this. I'm going to start my own business. And then I met my husband like two weeks later. Two weeks. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and the night I met him, I sat down and I was like, well, shoot, I'm going to marry this guy. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. He designed and estimated sprinkler systems for like 12 years. And then I, and, um, some things happened and he quit his job work for me because I needed help because I couldn't find help. And he's a true team player. He's a true whatever needs to be done, I'll do it. It doesn't matter if it's the lowest level of 
activity on the totem pole or the highest. I don't care. I'll figure out how to do it because I love you. And we're going to build this dream together. And, and um, so that's a quick synopsis of the last 12 years with him, but we got married um, right after I started the agency and we had kids, you know, pretty quickly after that. And it's, it's always been a challenge. It's, I think the biggest challenge is first of all, it's hard being a woman in the industry. It's also hard being a young woman in the industry. I was 20 some when I started this, you know, I was like 27 and you go to all the conventions and it's 50, 60 year old males. And it it was super hard. And I, just like my mom, I have a loud personality and I like to joke and I'm really not afraid of them. Like I, I just don't, I, you know, they're, they're fine. (laughs) So we have had three kids, all C-sections. So it's not like I can have a baby and a couple weeks later hop back on and feel normal. I I had terrible uh, deliveries, but luckily um, having a good team to back you is the best. Um, Having your mom to back you (laughs) is even better. And then finally on the third one, my husband. Um, But I think also what's hard is you sit there and you look at other agency owners and you compare yourself to them. And I know. Yes, that's so hard. Or whatever that saying is. And it is so hard because it it almost makes you jealous because men don't have these problems. You know, men don't have to take time off to have babies and they're been throwing up for nine months and they don't have that big green fluffy chair in their office that they lay down and take a nap on when they're pregnant because they literally need a nap to finish the day. And, um, you know, you're just kind of, I've always been like, you just have to do what you have to do to make it work. And that's a big green chair in my office. And that's a team behind me that lift me up and yes. that's part. And, um, Two years ago, 1920, like two, three years ago, I made the decision that everybody told me not to make. Don't do it. Don't hire your best friend. Terrible idea. Don't hire your best friend. And my best friend came to me and she was getting a divorce. And I said, oh, finally, now you can come sell insurance with me. <laughs> and she's like, I can. <laughs> let's wow. Do, let's do it. Let's get a divorce and let's, you know, team up and sell some insurance. And I was like, fantastic. And honestly, it's been one of the, another amazing decision and it's hard, but again, mutual respect. Yeah. What's good for you. What's good for me. What's good for us. She also has two little boys. Our like biggest focus in our is chase your kids. Your (laughs) Your kids have a game. Go, go be at the game. Go to parent teacher conference go do the things. Those are your kids. You get them for, you only get them for so long, you know, and then they're gone. And so they're off to college. They're, you know, doing the things. And I know you get that more than anyone. But But I think too, that season's gone. I think one thing that people don't think about is it's not just about when they graduate or when they, whatever, it's also that, you know, people make a big deal out of their first steps, right. Or people make a big deal out of the first word, but you're their first day of school. But what about each of those days at school? What about 
each of those little lunches that you go and you get to sit with them and, and have lunch at elementary school or middle school that ends at some point, like middle school, they don't want you there anymore. Right. I mean, and if we don't take those individual moments, they will go. That doesn't mean it has to take 18 to 20 years for them to get there. Right. I mean, it could be that moment of, you know, when they're not feeling good and they just crawl up in your lap. And some days that we sit back and we think, oh, I don't have time for this. But then again, at the same point, they stop crawling up in your lap when they don't feel good eventually. And it gets to be something that you miss and you love and you crave. And I think I just wish people would sometimes stop in that moment and just love that moment. There's a, it's a great poem. And I don't know, I don't know the name of it. I just know this one little section of it. Um, it's like, um, hush dust bunnies, go to sleep, whatever little cobwebs, um, don't speak or something like that. And it says, um, I'm rocking my babies and babies don't keep. And I just love that because we get so obsessed with the dust in our house or the business that we need to write or the, whatever that we need to do that we forget sometimes to just take the time and love the the phase that they're in if that's soccer if that's rocking them to bed if it's you know making them halloween costumes whatever it is you know that season will end at some point so my word today is enjoy the season i love that just enjoy the season that you're in and you know the season will end at some point it may go on to another season you know that will be wonderful but you know it'll be different Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So the first year um, of all of each kid's life, I focused on their first year and I slowed down. And if the business took a hit, the business took a hit. Yeah. You only get the first year once. I love that. So much happens in the first year. And I'm fast approaching the last first year I will ever have. <laughs> mm. And I'm, I haven't been away from my baby for a single night and I won't until innovation. And then when innovation comes, y'all better be ready. Cause I'm bringing the fire. <laughs> Because Nikki's going to be out and about. I'm, out. I'm with my best friend in Nashville at Innovation with all my girls, and I'm pumped. But yeah, take the first year and and love on those babies because mm-hmm. and do whatever it takes to make it work. I remember when Emmett was a baby and he was sick. I got a portable swing and I put it in my office and I shut the lights off and I'd be at my desk working and he'd be sleeping there. He'd wake up and he would be sick. He's throwing up in my office and. I just, honestly, I just made it work because that's what I had to do. And he knew no different. I'm still there for him. Yeah. And I think that's the key is that we're there for them. We don't, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not, not there for them. Right. I mean, um, my kids, I taught them, and I think this part of the podcast, I've taught them to walk on up. They put their arm in my shoulder 
And then I would put my hand on their hand and I would, and I would make eye contact and I'd be like, okay. And I, I, you know, kind of nod at them or whatever. And it was a recognition and they knew they had been seen and heard and then they would go play or whatever. And they knew once I was off the phone that I would come and I would take care of whatever it is they needed, but it wasn't mommy, you know, the, the whole, the whole like immediacy of verbal loudness, you know, they learned to come on up and do that. And, um, and my son still, I mean, you know, even up until last year, he, he would be thinking about something. He just reached over and put his hand on my shoulder. It was so funny sometimes, even as an adult, he would do that. And, and I love that because it let them know that they were totally seen and heard and that I'm available for them, but that they can wait just a little bit because most of the time it's not anything too urgent. And I used to have this thing right now is this time for this. Are you bleeding, dying, or dead? Because I'm like, you can wait five minutes. Because <laughs> you know? if you're bleeding, dying, or dead, you trump everything, right? But if you're not, you can wait two minutes, five minutes, whatever. Let me finish off the sentence, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. So how is your husband dealing with this? Because being fully dad and being fully husband and being fully agency person and fully business partner and fully mother-in-law in the space. I mean, you got a good man there. I got to say, not many men would sign up for that, you know? L- luckily, my mom went home and works from home prior to Devin coming. <laughs> so there's that. Um, he's, he's doing well. I think, um, he's doing well. We're making some big, we communicate. We have what we call open kitchen conversations. And if we're about to say something that maybe is going to come off, not positive to the other one, I would just say, give me grace in what I'm about to say. Cause I'm yeah. not. Trying. And then I say it. And then we just, we just have a conversation about it. And you have to seek to understand. You have to listen to understand what they're saying to you. And then you have to put your bottom lip on your top lip and press firmly and count to five before you respond so that you don't say something regret later, you know? And and sometimes we snap at each other. Sometimes we snap at each other and it's fine, but we usually laugh about it and apologize later and life moves on. And we're a team. We're a true when we think of each other we think of each we think of life as a basketball game and we're passing that ball back and forth and you just have to do whatever it is to get whatever it is done and what's good for me and what's good for him is good for us and a, a rising tide lifts all boats yes 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 and back to that that respect piece is the only thing that really makes it really work and I love the fact that y'all have kind of a code word or a code phrase of, Hey, I'm about to say something and it might be a little bit more unfiltered. So let's work it. Let's massage it. Let's work with it, but take it as that. Right. Um, I had somebody years ago tell me umbrella of mercy. And so they'd be like, I'm standing underneath the umbrella and I'm holding up the umbrella of mercy. And I need right now for you to hear what I have to say as a work in progress. And so, or, you know, or unfiltered or, you know, whatever the thought may be around that, or, you know, I'm still, I'm still processing this, you know, and when you do that, giving somebody that space is such a real connection place. It's not gitchy. It's not Instagrammy. It's not, Hey, I needed to process this in order to come back and have a conversation with you. That's where real relationship gets deep is when you can process those things out together 
under that understanding that this is a work in progress. I use it with my team members. Give me grace and what I'm, and that's what I, and they know because I am super terrible at just saying something. And then after I said it out loud, I'm like, oh shoot, that is not what I meant. Like, let me fix that, you know? And, and sometimes, um, people aren't prepared for that and people will be like, oh my God, she just said that out loud. And it's not what I meant. I think communication is such a problem everywhere and uh-huh. communication and emotional intelligence, you know, you gotta, I would rather over communicate with somebody than hate and emotional intelligence is such an under thought of thing. Like it is. Um, Scott Miller, he's a speaker. Um, the best thing I ever learned from him, I've already said it, put your top lip on your bottom lip, press firmly, count seven until, until um, you have nothing to say or until you had your, your emotion to get it out before you say something with emotion that doesn't need to be said that way. Um, yeah. So I do, I do that a lot. That's a great, that's a great visual analogy too. So the whole concept of just, you know, because how many of us listen to respond? Yes. You know, like we actively listen in an opportunity to respond rather than listening in an opportunity to put your top lip, the bottom lip and press, you know, I mean, not many of us do that on a very regular basis. That is, that is a great visual and physical analogy of that. Yes. Yeah. So now that you've had this agency now, obviously, cause you guys are 11 years old. Yes. We're coming up on 12 March. Nice. Congratulations. And you've got your best friend in there. Your mom pops in and out a little bit, but mainly, you know, she's living the best life, her best, you know, her bestie and, you know, and your husband's in there and he's wonderful, by the way. I just think he is the sweetest thing ever. And he is just such a good dad. You just see how much he just loves the kids and you and everything on all the stuff I see and whenever I've met him. But um, what is your next phase going to look like? So you, you mentioned it you know, y'all are probably done having children at this point. So now that you guys are going to enter into the phase a little bit more of, you know, the kids growing and your agency, and now you guys are in that space, where do you see yourself going for the next, you know, phase of the agency as well as the family and that whole mishmash of life that we call just life, all of it? Yeah. Um, we are making a ton of changes right now. We are hiring some more backend help um, so that we have the time to chase our family because that's a core value in my agency. Um, we also have Noah. Noah doesn't have family, but when he does have family, he's, he's married. He doesn't have children. Um, once he has children, I told him, I said, no, I know it's probably really hard for you right now because you don't have children to chase. But let me tell you, when you do you get to chase your kids. And I will let you chase your kids. And so we are moving towards um, the ability to do that more by hiring more people to help so that we could be out of the office for the things that we need to be out of the office. I don't know if you know this, but baseball is insane. It is a time suck. Like you have never, it is. there's practice, there's games, there's tournaments. They do things like you have to travel it is mind-blowing to me because I never did sports and uh, my husband is all about the sports and of course he has to coach you know which is even more of a commitment which is fantastic because he's an awesome coach Um, 
but yeah, so we are doing the things to move in the direction where we can chase our and create that work-life balance. That's so important to everyone. Um, and it's a true balancing act. You, you give and you take on things and, uh, you have to set things in place to set up boundaries. Oh my goodness. Boundaries are so important. I've recently implemented a, I'm not going to talk to you about your problems in insurance after hours. If you text me, nice. I'm going to send back that says, Hey, shoot me an email and I'll, I'll get you between nine and five Friday. Unless somebody's like has a huge emergency. If there's an emergency by all means, but no, I'm not going to quote your policy change. Like there's just things I'm not going to do. And between boundaries and then setting up the things that you need to set up so that you can be where you need to be, you know, being able to be mobile, being able to have the back end help to do the things so that you cannot be, yep. you know, those are, those are what's important and processes and procedures in place. Then I love it. I love it. Well, you know, and my kids remember, you know, that when I would pick them up from school, that all of a sudden we would end up with, um, you know, we'd be going through Wendy's getting a, you know, food after school or whatever. But then like I'd get a phone call and we would go, hold on. And everybody have to go quiet for a little bit. And then I'd take the phone call and then I'd hang up and everybody could party again, you know, and we could we could turn back on, you know. Gwen Stefani or whatever it was we were listening to at that point, you know, and it was, it was a lot of fun, but even my friend, my kids' friends knew, you know, when, when my phone rang, it was, you know, my kids would do this, you know, they put their finger over their mouth and they'd be like, and then it was done. And we're like, okay, you know, and it was like chaos and mayhem would, would restart. Right. But it was, it was really funny. And I think you brought up a really good point. Focus on the family and focus on the tools that allow you to focus on the family. So that would be maybe virtual assistance on the back end, maybe being more mobile, getting yourself mobile hotspot so that even if you're at the foot, the baseball game, while you're waiting for them to get started, you can pop open your computer and make a quick whatever, right? You know, send, ah. some, send a couple of emails. But I think so many people get so stuck in the idea that office, that business has to be done in the office, that we don't create that mobile ability for ourselves to put our family first. So then we do feel the struggle of having to be in the office versus being available for our kids. I like the idea of the separateness of that to some degree mentally and emotionally, because I think when, when we're so mobile, it's hard to turn it off. It's yeah. hard to turn off parenting. It's hard to turn off business. But at the same point, one feeds into the other so easily and so fully that it does allow you to really be there for both. And I think I think that's really what a lot of people struggle with is where to turn one on, when to turn one off, and what boundaries to put up so that we don't go crazy, right? And how do you find the ability to really do that? Is that something that you work with your husband on and you guys create that as a team and as a family or even as an agency culture of these are our boundaries and where family stops and business, you know, how, how do you guys teach that balance? Cause I think it's a really hard balance for some people to get their mind around. So I grew up in a family business and I grew up and I, I, it is completely normal for yeah. get up and walk out of a family event because of business, like that's normal. And I'm sure that's not normal in most families, but I just, I guess 
you know, if you have to get up and walk out of a family event because there's an emergency then or whatever family time, then that is what it is. And that that is the standard. You have to set up. Um, Sarah was talking about this on Facebook the other day about agency standards. It's also family yes. standards. You know, set mm. up standards. You know, um, after five o'clock, if I'm at home with my kids doing stuff with my kids, unless it's an emergency at work or something extremely important, you know, like a high revenue account, then it, that's not during family time, you know, and it is such a fluid balancing act. And you just have to have that open communication with your partner. You have to have a partner that understands that. Um, I am super blessed that my husband gets it and he got it buff. He, he, um, gets it more now that he works in the agency, but it's a fluid balance of a basketball game that we pass the ball back and forth. And sometimes somebody needs a COI and he does all of the COIs in our office. And sometimes he has to do COIs at nine o'clock at night if they need to be done. And if that's what has to be done, we do it after we put the kids to bed, you know, Yeah. or, Hey, I have to do kids for a little bit. And then he takes the kids and I do that. And you mm-hmm. just you have to, to get the balance that we were looking for. My husband had to quit his job. He went to school for this. He trained for, you know, he trained for fire sprinkler design and estimation. He did it for like 10 to 12 years. And then we realized we don't have the balance that we need in our family. So what are we going to do? To be completely honest, he's going to take a $20,000 pay cut and he's going to come over to my agency. He's going to help me run my parents' rentals and he's going to help me at the agency. We thought only part-time, but it ended up being a full-time life suck, but that's what it's going to take. And we took a huge pay cut to do it, but you know what? We have climbed a mountain. We have done great things. Not only has it balanced out our family life, it's grown the agency and it's, it's been phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's, it's been absolutely phenomenal. And I it's love just, that. I love that. So, you know, but I also think too, you guys really made a plan together to be able to be that person, to be able to be that team together. And I think that's really important. You expressed your goals, you decided what it was going to take to do it together and you went for it. And you guys are very verbal with your team about those as well. And they get the same respect that you guys get in building your family. They get the same respect in building theirs. And I love that because I think that's really, really key. Yeah. To be completely clear, I could not do this without my team. Working with my best friend is phenomenal because you know, those days that whatever is going on is going wrong. And you just want to sit in your office with the lights off and cry a little bit. I don't have to do that. <laughs> she comes up into my office or I go into her office and we can talk about our feelings and get through the day and have a better day. You can't do that at, at a normal office, right. you know, and she knows when my kids are sick, she knows when my heart needs a coffee. She knows when I need lunch <laughs> brought to me, you know, and same with her. I know when she's what to do for her when she's having a bad day and she's about to have a really large procedure done and that could go, that's going to take some recovery time. And 
110%, I got her back. I'm not going to let her fall. I love that. I love that. You have to the best and respect and love one another. And if it happened to Noah in my office, same thing. Um, his wife um, had a medical issue recently and he needed to be out. And he was like, don't worry, Nikki, I'll take my laptop if we go to the emergency room. I was like, no, you will not. You will put that laptop down and you will focus on your wife. Like, you will not take your laptop. <laughs> I, you have to have a good team. You have to have a good team. Yeah. Yeah. 110%. Well, Nikki, if people want to reach out to you, learn more about how you have specifically been able to build your team, work this amazing synergistic life that you have, how can people reach on out to you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Nikki Ostrander, I-K-A-I-O-S-T-R-A-D-E-R, or you can, you can text me, you can call me, you can shoot me an email, Nikki at wattsinsurancegroup.com. Um, I'm always here to, always here to talk to anybody if there's anything that I can do to help, because honestly, without this community of amazing people, I wouldn't be where I was. Um, I got connected to everyone through better agency. And ever since that conference and meeting everyone, my agency has exploded with goodness because of the things that other agents have poured into me mm. and I can eat into someone else. Well, you know what? You've done a ton here. So I want to tell you, thank you so much for being here this week. And I can't wait to see you in like, what, two months, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to give you a big hug. I can't wait to see you. Absolutely. Everybody, well, this has been another amazing episode of the Power of Women in Insurance podcast with Nikki Ostrander. And she is fabulous. If you want to reach out to her, reach out to her. She is doing it. She's doing life. She's doing family. She's doing agency. She's doing the whole kit and caboodle. Make sure that you check us out every single Wednesday where we have another amazing woman in insurance and where we get to interview them, pick their brain, see what's worked for them and see what could work for you. Everybody talk to you next week. and. Have a good one.